This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. On match day, Arsenal travelled out to Switzerland yesterday afternoon in order to face FC Zurich in their opening game of the Europa League. It's going to be an interesting season with a finally European football back, of course, at the Emirates um, and, of course, away from home as well, as is the case this afternoon, this evening. It's an interesting kickoff time, quarter to six UK time this afternoon. So uh, a nice, easy one, I think, for our Western listeners, who, of course, usually get up really early in the mornings for our midday kickoffs. And I suppose, is it an easy one for our, our fans out in the far, far east? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the time difference is. I'm hoping it's a good time for most people. Um, but uh, certainly will be a, a nice, easy one for most supporters as well. I mean, Tony says, hello and everyone, welcome from Western Australia. Perhaps, Tony, you can let us know what time will the game be tonight for you? Make sure you're tuning in, I'm sure. Uh, let's say good morning to people joining us in the chat box, scrolling up to the top. King, good morning to you, to Anne, to Morgie, to Lynn. Uh, to Martin, I'm, I'm worried that I've probably missed people out because StreamYard likes to delete comments for some reason that were at the start. But sorry if I've missed anyone. Uh, Christopher J, good morning to you. To Guna, hey, David, to Philly, to Stevie. Uh, good morning to Dave and Jose and Bruce and Tony. Let's see if, if we have got an answer regarding what time. It'll be 12.45 a.m. Ah, not as nice as I thought it was going to be. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah, that, that's not as nice as I thought it was going to be. 9.45 a.m. in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's, it's a good time. Wake up, watch some Arsenal. Although I suppose if you're working, it doesn't necessarily work the same. But you've probably taken the day off work to watch Arsenal. Surely, you'd think so. Let's uh, crack on with today's stuff. Uh, there are and is a brand new prize available. You can sign, you can win a signed uh, Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp joint signed and framed Arsenal shirt display. And there's also a instant win prize to win one of the three Arsenal official kits this season. Link down in the description. 
Uh, I think a fair number of the tickets have already sold. So do not miss out on that great prize. Uh, if you haven't already checked out our preview for tonight's game, do go and do that. It is the pinned video on the channel. So just go to the channel's homepage and you'll be able to find it. Um, but did a really good chat uh, with Simon and Dan ahead of this one. Uh, sorry, not with Simon and Dan, with King and Moss. I'm thinking back to last preview show. Um, but yeah, me, King and Moss talked all things about FC Zurich and the potential lineups and desires that we might have for the team. Um, Pickford is set to miss Arsenal's games against Everton on Sunday. He is out injured for quite a long period of time. Everton might even be looking towards bringing in uh, a replacement in terms of a free agent. But it is likely that Azmir Begovic will be between the sticks for Everton on Sunday. So a slight boost in that sense. Getting back to Arsenal's European exploits. And I was actually at London Colney yesterday to watch the open training session at the ground. First time actually going into the training complex. I've been to London Colney before to do the interviews with Xhaka and Ramsdale for the All or Nothing series. But this was a, this was a first. It's stunning. Like, I can't. I can't explain to you kind of how different grass feels. Like <laughs> that sounds so weird, but stepping out onto the training ground, the nicest, the nicest ground, the nicest pitch like that you've ever stood on. It was unbelievably um, surreal to be in that environment, but uh, it was a pleasure. And obviously from that, I managed to get a few very decent stories out from that. Uh, not all positive news, unfortunately. Um, Cedric and Smith Rowe were both not in attendance for yesterday's training session. And Mikel Arteta came out afterwards to talk about Emil Smith-Rowe because unfortunately he has suffered uh, a problem. He said he felt discomfort in an area that he's been dealing with now for a few weeks. He wasn't comfortable after the game and he hasn't trained in the last few days, so he's out of the squad. He wasn't asked specifically on Cedric, but uh, my colleague Kai Kainat did do some chasing on that and it's said to be a minor problem. Hopefully shouldn't keep him out for too long at all. So that's positive news, at least. Uh, now, at the training session, there was four youngsters involved. Uh, Matt Smith, of course, who has been. Lionel Souza, who you can see on your screen there. Uh, Amari uh, Koja Dubry, who's a really exciting young kind of midfielder that can play in a wide position, can play in an attacking midfield position. I suppose he's kind of there to replace... Smith Rowe, in a way, as well. Uh, and Catalan Kurjan, uh, the Romanian central midfielder, he was also involved. Now, uh, these guys weren't involved in the under-21s game against Feyenoord. It is an understanding of the athletics, Art de Roche, uh, that, uh, that Lano Souza has indeed travelled. This has caused quite some confusion, though, because apparently he's not registered, nor was he able to be included on the B list. So it might be that he's travelling out for the experience more than involvement, but it's certainly going to be an interesting one to see if he is in the squad and if he is, how that works, because apparently there is, he wasn't registered. I don't know if it was an administrative error. I don't know if it was just a mistake or if the intention is indeed just to include him on the trip to give him kind of that experience because he is highly thought of and the club and Arteta in particular really, really do like him. Um, Fabio Vieira uh, is out uh, in, of course, Switzerland with the team. And Mikel Arteta that it says that it is his time now to kind of show what he's capable of. He's been really eased into things at the moment. Arteta said, we were looking for players that could play in three positions in the front line and in the attacking midfielder positions. We were looking for very specific qualities in the market. And when I saw him, 
I really liked what I saw. Straight away, I was convinced that he was a player who could help us go to the next level and that he had the right personality and character to play for our club. It's a shame that we uh, detected an injury when we were doing the medical. He had no pre-season and everything was been delayed, but hopefully you're going to see a lot more of him in the next few weeks and I'm sure that you'll enjoy it. So let's wait and see what Fabio Vieira brings uh, into the side. It's going to be exciting. Uh, NVR says, Tom, he's under 21. They don't need to be registered. Uh, Not necessarily completely true in this case because there are some players that actually can't be registered even though they're under a certain age because they've not been at the club long enough Lino Sosa joined the club in January of this year so there is some weird admin that kind of blocks certain inclusions so even though uh, he yes you're right in the sense he doesn't necessarily have to be registered if he was here for a period of time but it's the same for uh, a number of players uh, that have to be added to the list if they want to play. It's strange. Don't ask. It's it's really odd. Uh, Mikel Arteta did get asked, as I predicted, about Bernd Leno's comments. Bernd Leno, as we talked about yesterday, kind of blamed politics as to one of the reasons why he wasn't really involved and how we knew he had to get out of the club. Um, Arteta responded rather cleverly uh, is probably the word I'd use. He said, I'm really surprised. I don't know if he's talking about the politics when he was starting every match or the politics when he wasn't playing. I'm really surprised about that. Yeah, a nice deflection talking about whether these comments are basically a bit of saltiness because he wasn't playing games and he wasn't exactly complaining when he was. So I suppose um, (laughs) that's what he means there. But I can appreciate Mikel Arteta being a bit savvy with that answer. Um, I just thought it was a little bit immature and unnecessary from Leno, to be honest. But I am biased. Now, Mikel Arteta did promise that he was going to try and protect Bakaya Saka as much as he can. He was asked about this. He says, we will try if the squads and performances allow us. We'll try our best to manage his load and get him on the field in the best possible condition. After November, we have something that we have never experienced before. How Saka will be involved in the World Cup remains to be seen. How regularly he will play under Gareth Southgate is still yet to be determined. But when the players do return from the World Cup, that is going to be a strange time, I think. Um, It's going to be a strange period of knowing kind of where players are at, gauging their fitness levels. The January market follows very soon after, but there are two quick games before the January window does open that Arsenal will have to deal with on Boxing Day and New Year's Eve, I want to say. So it's going to be very interesting and hopefully all the Arsenal players return from the World Cup in as best a condition as they can be. Uh, Now, Thomas Tuchel, as I'm sure all of you are aware, was sacked yesterday as Chelsea boss and Mikel Arteta was asked about the sacking. Um... On it, he said, I, uh, if he was surprised, he said I was. It was the, it was right before the training session when we got the news. It's always sad for a colleague in this profession to get fired. Unfortunately, we know how this works. I wish him the best of luck. It's not pleasant to hear that news. And he was then kind of asked a follow-up question about the stability that he has at Arsenal because, you know, Chelsea won a Champions League under Tuchel. They remained in the top four, whilst Arsenal didn't achieve either of those things. I know that context is obviously very important as to why there was differences. But it it is an interesting question to ask him because I think he has been given the stability. There's a run of games in the 2020-21 season where I think we won one in 10. And it'd be very surprising to see many managers surprise that period of games. Arteta was given stability. He was given responsibility and faith by the ownership, even during that really, really dark time. 
And he says, what it makes me realize is what I always told you, that we have a profession. That at some stage, this can happen. We have to prevent it. Enjoy the journey and enjoy every day because you never know when that's coming. I feel like for Arteta, there is more context around when he knows his kind of uh, time will end at Arsenal. I don't think Arteta will stay at Arsenal for, you know, any kind of Arsene Wenger length of time. He will eventually move on. It's part of what the game is. I know we at Arsenal aren't very accustomed to the idea of managers staying on forever and ever and ever. But eventually, he will want a new challenge. Eventually, as perhaps we're seeing with Liverpool, things stale things go a little bit wrong and things don't necessarily work out and you need to naturally move on. Is Klopp going to move on from Liverpool eventually? He's only just signed a brand new contract, so it would be a bit strange. But there is no, you know, that there is really not any long terminology in football these days. Um, Klopp, I think, is the longest serving boss now after Sean Dyche was sacked. And I mean, Sean Dyche getting sacked looked at the time like a really strange decision. But, I mean, Vincent Company's done a brilliant job. He's overhauling the squad. He's getting them kind of modernised, finally, Burnley, by bringing in kind of a lot of players from outside of the UK. And they're benefiting from that. So, yeah, there's no long terminology in this. I can absolutely see Man City taking Mikel Arteta as a coach one day. So, let's see what happens. But uh, I hope he stays for the, at least, you know, the length of this current contract because things have been going really well with him in charge. Um, Arsenal flew a really strong team out to St. Gallen, which is where they're playing against Zurich. They aren't playing in Zurich. They're playing in St. Gallen because the Zurich Stadium is being used as a cudgel for an athletics tournament, strangely enough. But it's not actually FC Zurich's kind of home stadium. They share that stadium with Grasshopper. So I suppose they don't really have the weight to be able to request it. But St. Gallen Stadium is still very good, despite being slightly smaller. It does host plenty of Switzerland games. Um, so it's more than enough to meet UEFA standards. And Granit Xhaka has played several times in that stadium as well. But yeah, a really strong team has flown out. Gabriel Jesus, Saliba, Gabriel Magalhaes, all the usual suspects. There are some other players, as we know, that are expected to play that weren't usually getting minutes. Rob Holding, um, Marquinhos, Fabio Vieira, um, Takahiro Tomiyasu, Kieran Tierney, Eddie Nketiah. You know, all of these guys are probably expected to get more minutes in this game. But don't be surprised if Saliba and Gabriel start. I wouldn't be. Um, we could end up playing a very strong team indeed. So, yeah, uh, we're going to wrap up the first section with uh, your questions. And of course, do make sure that you go and get involved in the latest football prize. Uh, link in the description. You can win a signed Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp shirt uh you can also which is of course signed by the players as well and joint framed as two half the tickets i think have gone early bird price is still up so do go get involved with the link in the description i will see you after this short break to tackle your question many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
A massive thank you to Tinashi Mukundwa, uh, who has become a brand new member and joined the TGT family. I'm sure that the chat box is already welcoming you into the fold, but thank you so much for helping support the channel. If you would like to join uh, Tinashe and uh, join up the TGT membership, just go into the link tree down below and you can join and help support the channel. Um, so please, please go and do that. It's a, it would be really, really appreciated. Uh, Richard says, would you take Klopp over Arteta, Tom? I wouldn't change the manager right now. Um, I don't think Arsenal need a change of coach right now. Ask me that question further down the line, perhaps when Arteta's job is in a different place and we can talk about it. But I'm happy with how things are. I'm happy with the way we're progressing. I don't really want to interrupt this progression that we're seeing right now. So at the moment, no. But it might be a different answer in a different time. Who's going to be the Brighton manager, says Z. Uh, you could probably see Brendan Rodgers leaving Leicester uh, at some point and maybe taking up that role. But maybe Brighton will go for someone else. I think Graham Potter was kind of uh, an interesting pick after, of course, he came from Swansea. And then before that, he was at Ostersunds, where he beat Arsenal, of course. Um, I think that Brighton are a very good side, that have got a good, a good kind of foundation to build a lot from. They've really made some really smart signings in the market and have benefited from the sales of some massive players like Kukurea and Ben White and Neil Mopay is now gone as well. So yeah, I think that we could see a very interesting side should the right manager come in. But at the same time, if they don't pick the right person, Brighton could suffer. And under Potter, they became quite a problem for Arsenal. They took four points off as last season, of course. Maybe with Potter gone, Arsenal will have a much better chance of getting more points when they play Brighton. But they are a bit of a banana skin side for us. So we'll see who I have to take over in the end. Um, Dave says, that training trackie is fresh. Yes, I have tried to get hold of the new European training kits because I really like it. And I have failed miserably, absolutely miserably. Um, it has sold out. I've never seen a training kit besides that black one with the reds kind of livery on it. Um, it's sold out so fast. So, so fast. So congratulations if you got hold of one, because I didn't. Um, I was at the training ground when it came out and I just missed the moment to to grab one quickly. But yeah. It went out so, so quickly. Uh, it is a very nice kit, so I'm not surprised people have gone for it. Um, Olu says, hey, Tom, do we worry too much about rotation? Watching the Champions League matches saw very little rotation. Uh, the max was two. Do we worry too much about it? I don't think we are worried too much. I think that there is a case that, you know, you do need to make changes. You, knew, you do need to have quality throughout the team so that you can change and give players a rest, especially like Saka, for instance. But I think you make a good point, is that when we play in the Champions League, fingers crossed next season, we are going to have to play our first team twice a week and only make one or two changes to the side because the teams we're going to be going up against are exceptionally good and are going to be challenges. Every game is going to be a challenge. So we can't afford to rest players in the same way. People talk about the Europa League as more of a distraction than the Champions League. I don't think that's necessarily the case because the Europa League can afford you the opportunity to rotate more players. Yes, it pushes the game back to Thursday and you're always playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Monday or whatever. But... I actually think that there is a benefit, arguably, to that. You can also see all the rest of the results across the weekend off the playing on a Sunday. But, uh, yeah, it's not as big of a distraction. And it gives you an opportunity to use some young players, develop more players. So I think maybe the Europa League sometimes is is not treated as the opportunity that it is for us. And I think that maybe we should take that more into account. 
Um, Arteta's label says, is this game a chance to test Ben White at DM? Not for me. I would continue with Lokonga. I think Lokonga needs a string of games to give him that build of consistency. Yes, Partey will hopefully be returning soon. But when you've got the chance to give Lokonga these games, give Lokonga those games. Without a shadow of a doubt, that would be my choice. Uh, Yomi says, do you think uh, Graham Potter will succeed at Chelsea? He has been great so far, but will be able to handle the pressure of succeeding this season in C oh sorry it's succeeding season in season now do I think he can succeed I think it's an annoyingly sensible acquisition and if you'd have asked me this question just over a year ago I would have said you're mad you know I really couldn't see the Graham Potter benefit a while ago that has changed as opinions do with new evidence and I think Graham Potter has, has proven a lot of people wrong including myself he did win one home game for Brighton in the whole of 2020. And that really kind of sent me a lot of red flags, you know, similar to how when Uno Emery failed to win a single away game with Sevilla in his final season with them. Red flags, you know, and there are there are imperfections and there are things wrong with both, both managers I've just mentioned. But Potter has developed significantly since then. He's got a team at Brighton that has been really well crafted. It's a team that is committed to what he wants to do. Good style of football, progressive, really high intensity. The problem for Chelsea is that they've appointed a manager after they've just spent 250-odd million in the window with the direction of another coach. It is arguably the worst possible time for a coach to come in in terms of squad building because you have no opportunity to strengthen until January. You've just seen 250-odd million quid spent on another manager with a lot of players that maybe you would not have personally signed. Abamyang's a really weird one because, of course, there was a feeling that Abamyang was brought in to work with Tuchel. And yet this decision was apparently made before the the loss against Dinamo Zagreb. So, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a strange one at uh, the timing of the decision. But Todd Bowley's not really done anything in anything sensible, really, this window. So uh, I'm not massively surprised that they've decided to do this. Um, but Graham Potter is a frustratingly sensible option that I think might turn around some good results for them. We'll have to wait them to see. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, when the players return from the World Cup, whichever Premier League they play for, could this have a bearing on the way the Premier League finishes? Yeah, obviously, you know, more of the top teams in the league are going to suffer because they have more Europe, uh, international level players that are going to be at the World Cup. Arsenal have a lot in their first team that are going to be there. But we also have a fair few that won't be. You know, Kieran Tierney, Alexander Zinchenko, uh, you wouldn't think Eddie Nketiah, unless he switches to Ghana in that time and gets called up, would be called up at all. Um, who else in the team? Fabio Vieira might not be involved. Smith Rowe might not be involved. Um, Ghana are definitely there. And of course, that means Partey will be there. Switzerland, Xhaka, of course, will they be there as well. Will Sambi Lukonga be involved? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so we will still have plenty of players, I think, back at the complex and rested and available. But then... Arguably, that in itself brings up its own challenges because you've got to be able to keep players fit. You've got to keep players' momentum going. And if you're not playing football in the middle of a season for more than a month, which is what the World Cup is, you know, it runs from, I think they stopped the Premier League on the 11th of November and it runs all the way through until Premier League returns on Boxing Day. You know, well over a month without regular matches and I suppose what they'll do is they'll play behind closed doors games with the youth players and stuff that would be sensible but then you've got to reintegrate players coming back from the World Cup it's very strange ultimately the answer is Lynn we don't know we don't know what's going to happen we don't know how it's going to impact the players because it's the first time I just hope it's something that they never 
ever, ever, ever do again because it is frankly a joke that it's being played here. It's frankly disgusting, some of the things that have been reported coming out of the whole construction processes, which you know what I'm talking about. And yeah, I just hope that it never happens again and that more sensible decisions are made regarding player welfare and human welfare as well. Um, Matt G says, Tom, did you hear Henri's comments about Arsenal? He spoke about how this is the first time he's believed in a long time. Yes, I did. I read them on Reddit this morning. I didn't include them. I just think there was a lot of stuff we needed to go through that was more important. But it's it's obviously positive to hear him talking positively about Arsenal. He's been very critical about Arsenal. There was kind of a, a feeling that his attachment to Daniel uh, Ek from Spotify, who wanted to obviously buy the club, that kind of clouded potentially a view of viewing the current regime and what's go- currently going on. Um, but... You know, Thierry Henry is someone whose comments I have struggled with. I can appreciate a lot what he did as a player. I loved him as a footballer, Arsenal legend, absolutely without question. But post-career, punditry I've always kind of questioned. And some of the comments about Arsenal I've kind of questioned. It's just different. You know, in the All or Nothing series, when he was a pundit in the All or Nothing series, he talked about how you can't compare generations or you can't compare eras. But I, I felt like that's what Henri's been doing for a long time since he finished, is comparing eras. So there's perhaps a contradiction there. Um, I'd be interested to ask him about it. But uh, yeah, it's I did see it. But it's positive. If he's being positive, it's positive. And it's the right time to be positive because Arsenal are in a really positive place right now. Um, Mashego says, are we going strong for the first four games of the Europa League to rest players in October? That could be something. You know, if you win your first four games, you're pretty much guaranteed to go through. But it is important that we win the group. Now, if we beat PSV two times, which is, you know, what we can do, um, that gives us a much better opportunity because they are the biggest threat to our position to win the group. I would go strong against PSV and I would try and win that game as comfortably as possible. They are a good team. Do not underrate them. They've got some very good players. And if you win the group, it means you don't have to play the round of 32 against a a dropout Champions League side. So the incentive to finish top of the group is absolutely, you know, up, up, up there. Uh, Really, really is. Um, We're going to answer a couple more of your questions. I've got some more time this morning. Don't go anywhere. Uh, But do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. There's nearly a thousand of you watching, which for the morning shows after the deadline has already closed on transfer deadline day is amazing so thank you so much for the continued support and following the channel and continue to make this a part of your daily routines uh but yeah please do help us out by dropping a video on dropping a video i mean you can drop a video if you like but drop a like on the video that would be really appreciative uh v-dub says tom can you please confirm how the champions league's teams fall down into the europa league is it three versus four that that winner drops down um three versus four i don't necessarily follow what you mean my understanding is if you finish third in your Champions League group, you will fall down into the uh, Europa League. Then teams that finish second in their groups in the Europa League will go up against teams that have dropped down from the Champions League in a round of 32. Okay. Then if you finish top of your group, like we hope Arsenal will, we'll progress straight through to the round of 16, where they then draw out the teams as a normal draw would be. But uh, And then obviously there would be a draw for the round of 32 as well. But yeah, that's how it works. If you finish third in your Europa League group, you drop into the UEFA Conference League. And if you finish second in your UEFA Conference League group, like who knows, West Ham could, 
they will go up against a team in the round of 32 that dropped down from the Europa League group, okay? I'm hoping that makes sense. That is the best of how I can make it make sense. Uh, Manu says, what is your what is your opinion, Ivan? Tony, never thought he was elegant enough, just a bully, but he has proven me wrong. He's a good player, but I, I question his mentality. I don't like him, to be honest, as a player. I think he said some very terrible things about Brentford, his team. You know, if you're a fan of Brentford and you hear your own number one striker saying some of the things that he said, I wouldn't be particularly pleased. So can't say that I'm his biggest fan, to be honest. Uh, Henry says, uh, do you think we have enough depth to also challenge for the Carabao Cup or will you, or will he use that to help integrate youngsters like Wenger did? It depends on who we have. We have Brighton in the first round, which of course are a very capable Premier League side. So I don't think he'll play too many youngsters at all. If we progress through and come up against a National League team or a League Two team or a League One team, then maybe. I think championship teams, you have to go strong because championship sides, most of them are ex-Premier League teams. But League One sides, League Two sides, conference sides, yeah, I think you can risk some youngsters. And we did that last season with Charlie Patino. You know, got his first goal against, I want to say, Wimbledon, I think it was. I know we played Sunderland as well, so it's one of the two. I think it was Wimbledon. Um, So, yeah, it's an opportunity. But you have to go strong. You have to try and push through the competition. It's not a competition to throw away. It is important. I want to win silverware. We got to the semi-finals last season. We're unlucky in the end. We got a really good result away at Anfield, which is no tough, which is no easy feat at all. We then messed up the home game. And there were reasons, you know, we didn't have certain players available, but yeah, we messed up the home game and we could have done a lot better to potentially knock Liverpool out, who eventually went on to win the tournament against Chelsea in the final, of course. Um... Ronald says, is Savic, uh, I assume that's Milinkovic Savic, an option next summer if we get Champions League or should we go younger? He might be another Partey situation with no sell-on value. Look, there are some times where buying a player with little to no sell-on value still works. You know, there are times, especially for a player that is, there, there is, you know, um, if you're 27, 28, which is the age that Partey was, if you buy someone on a five-year contract, it's unlikely you're going to get any money back unless you see someone silly buying someone at the age of 30, 31, like Man United did with Casemiro, because that's what they're worth. Casemiro is probably worth, you know, that amount of money in terms of his genuine quality, but not in terms of the selling value. And it's an investment in a player that's technically probably going to decline, although footballers have tended to now extend their career primes into their 30s. Certainly, we're seeing that with a number of players in, in a striker position like Benzema and Lewandowski and Olivier Giroud to a lesser extent as well. But uh, in midfield, it's slightly different because it is such a much more energetic um, engine room position. So Milinkovic-Savic is a world-class player, in my opinion. He's absolutely top. I love the guy. I think it would have been a great move for Arsenal to make this summer. But is he right to go for if we already have Partey here? I think I would, but it would depend on the price tag. It would depend on how much you are investing in that player, you know. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens next summer. But Milinkovic-Savic still remains a player that I'd love to see join Arsenal, but it would depend upon the price and the investment that you're putting in. So there you go. Um, Dave says, your show is compelling. Thank you, mate. I had a, quite, I had a comment yesterday. Let me read out this comment because it did make me laugh, to be fair, um, on the video, which you guys will be able to tell me if you agree. And you actually might be able to give me some feedback on this. Uh, let's find it. The comment was from Guna V who says, this guy is the Pepe of Arsenal YouTubers. Talented, but lacks intensity. Great content, though. <laughs> you know, as criticisms go, and people know that I've had my issues with Nicolas Pepe, that one hit hard, you know. 
but I lack intensity. I don't know what intensity means in terms of presenting or doing a show. Maybe you guys can enlighten me. I did say, how do I become more intense? Uh, and Grunavi replied by saying, haha, it's just banter, bro. Uh, it took me a while to get used to your delivery style, but I still appreciate the content. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so someone can enlighten me as to what more intense, what does being more intense mean? Can anyone give me an example of where I can find some lessons on how to become more intense as a presenter? I don't know what that does. I don't know how that benefits you as a listener. I would love to know. <laughs> but apparently, the Nicholas Pepe of presenters, people, that's what I am. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, let's go to King who says, Tom, I love your hat. Where did you get it from? Shogun Audio. Uh, friction uh if you want to go check out some drone base shogun audio um go to the merchandise store and get some stuff this is i'm not paid to say that so this isn't an advert if you will but drone base all day long so yeah go and check it out uh over at shogun audio uh <laughs> king says i think dan potts is intense but i like your calmness mr pepe um is dan potts intense you know i love danny boy like we do a lot of shows together a great guy um is Dan intense? I, I don't know if intense is the word I'd use. I think Dan can be um, forthright with his opinions. I don't know if intense is the word. And I don't know what benefit intense is. Hugh Izzy is intense. And, I, you know, I've been on plenty of shows with Hugh um, back in the day doing watch-alongs. Hugh can be intense. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fair comparison. Uh, maybe I need to be more Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> in my delivery oh dear um tim says lacks intensity lol you need to scream spit at the camera more and hype and use hyperbole and condemning uh plenty of players i don't know if that i don't think that's just that's just not who i am i'm not going to be someone who's that i'm not going to be someone who i'm not this is who i am this is the way i've always been on the show i don't really feel like i've changed other than getting better i suppose at presenting in six years of doing it you know intensity if it's something you enjoy, I'm sure there are other places you can go. If, if my lack of intensity stops you from watching, I'm sorry. I can't change it. It's just the way that I am. Um, Marcus says, Ty on AFTV is intense. It turns me off. Hey, look, I'd respect Ty. Ty is one of the most committed Arsenal fans you'll ever see. Committed to positivity, committed to defending Arsenal. And I can only respect that. I can only respect Ty. And by the way, you know, and we touched upon this on the Arsenal Lounge the other day. Mo talked about it. There was a video that went around of Ty being kind of harassed by Manchester United fans. You know, you put yourself out there on a camera. Um, it's going to draw attention, especially if your opinions are divisive or um, provocative or evocative. Like, as I, and I don't think that Ty's comments are provocative. I think they're more evocative than than that. And I think that it was absolutely disgraceful, like what he was going through in that moment and the fact that he has to go through things like that. I've seen videos of him at the Arsenal ground get like threatened. And if you don't like AFTV, and I've talked about this before at length, so I'm not going to go through and repeat myself massively. If you don't like it, or if you don't like the people that go on it, don't watch it. If you don't like any particular YouTube channels, don't watch them. I watch plenty of YouTube channels that have a different viewpoint to me because it helps me kind of better understand well, I, why I, one, have the point I do, why I deliver the way I do, why I form my view. Because if you don't expose yourself to other opinions, how are you ever going to better kind of your understanding of the club, of a, a point of view? You know, and that's why I try and diversify and listen to people like Dan Potts because I appreciate that he puts across a very different opinion in a different way at times. Not always, but at times. 
you know, it's, it, sometimes it's not a different opinion to mine and sometimes we share that opinion. Me and Sophie do the same thing. Sometimes we don't always agree on certain topics, me and Lee judges as well. But it's worth going out there and watching channels, you know, and different channels that are just saying different things just to better yourself. But if watching another channel like AFTV, for example, means that you get so angry that you feel the need to go and approach someone like Ty in an aggressive manner, you need to check yourself, like, because that's just not okay. So, yeah, I know I've covered this topic a number of times before, but, uh, I, and I won't stop, to be honest. You know, I, I won't stop doing that. If you don't like a certain person, don't watch them, but don't approach them aggressively. Don't harass them. Let them get on with their life. They're doing what they're doing. You know, Ty's not hurting anybody at all. You know, he's a genuine, nice bloke, I'm sure. I've never had the pleasure of properly meeting Ty. Um, but I'm sure he's a nice guy and I only ever hear good things from the people that do know him. So there you go. Uh, Vivian says, stay as you are, Tom. We like it. Oh, there you go. Lynn says, Tom, you're a passionate to Arsenal, but in a very professional manner. It's just the way I am. I can't, I can't do the whole rap. I, I mean, to be fair, if you go and watch the video that I did of when we missed out on Emmy Buendia, that's probably the most intense I've been, if you want to use that term. That video I did when we missed out on Emmy Buendia. And to be fair, it did a lot of views, you know, and... I've never returned to that style, even though that video was one of the most viewed videos on the channel, because I was so angry. Anger draws attention. Anger draws more viewership. But I would much rather do what I do, stick to as being as genuine as I can, and just be as consistent as I can in how my delivery is, in how I change my opinion on stuff, and how I tackle different topics, than see oh look that Buendia video did bear views and now I'm going to change the way I am to be like that I was genuinely annoyed in that video and so I was genuinely putting across my opinion which I look back on with a a tad of embarrassment I guess I look back I have watched that video back once because you know people sometimes leave comments on it Aston Villa fans ironically sometimes pop up with comments on that video and so I have seen the reaction I put and I look back and I'm just like I was like if if this is like if this is what gets viewership and if this draws in attention and if people are putting on a character because they know that's what draws in that, that's exhausting. That is exhausting, you know, to put in that kind of level of anger and frustration and fakeness all the time. That video wasn't fake, but I can't believe that that could be, that that kind of mindset that I had in that video could be kind of upheld consistently, especially on topics that I didn't feel as passionately about as I did with that one. But you get a feeling that that there are characters. And unfortunately, I just couldn't do it. Could not do that for the life of me, playing a character. It just wouldn't, just wouldn't benefit me. But I don't think it would benefit you. And I think you enjoy what we do here. Um, and yeah, it is what it is. Passion draws crowds. And I feel like I try and deliver everything I can as passionately as possible. And I don't feel like my passion for Arsenal has ever been questioned doing this show. But I don't know. You can't please everyone. And sometimes I think I try to, you know, sometimes I feel like, and I don't mind doing these types of off-tangent discussions with you guys. We've done it loads of times. It's part of what makes TGT, TGT. We talk a lot about this stuff in the Discord server with our members. You know, we've got a Let's Talk channel, which is not just about Arsenal, but about life and people put in their problems and people respond with their solutions. And it's a great community. And that's part of what I think this channel has become is, is a community. So, you know, I don't mind dipping into random topics and things like that and talking like this because I think it's part of what makes this what it is. But so, yeah, it was a weird comment and a weird tangent to go off of being said that, but uh, intensity. I need to be more intense. Well, I'm not going to change. So if you don't like it, don't watch it. That's the message at the end of this. Um, 
Fuad says, have you ever gone back to your own videos and felt a bit cringe? Yeah, as I just said, the Buendia video in particular, I didn't like watching that back. Sometimes I've watched back certain videos after I've, if I've done a show and I feel, and Clive, who of course does the Arsenal Vision podcast will attest to this. Sometimes you finish a show and you think like, wow, that was great. But I was a genuinely really good show. I felt like I come off that show and I was like, that was one of my best ones I've done. And I'll go back sometimes and listen to that to see why I felt that way. How can I replicate that the next time? And equally, I've come off the back of shows and gone, that was dreadful. <laughs> that was so bad. And think, and I don't go and watch those ones back. Maybe they're the ones I should look back on and think, why was it dreadful? But I'd rather kind of go to the ones that I think I, that, you know, was good. I'll listen back. It's rare. I'm talking like one or two videos every six months that I think I've watched back. But it's more so, you know, around trying to learn how to be better. And that's also why I listen to other channels with different views, because it teaches me how to be a better presenter, have better views, widen my perspective on things. So there you go. Um, let's go to Tim, who says, don't ever change, Tom. You're one of the I feel like I feel like I'm not I'm not picking out these comments on purpose, I swear. I know it sounds like I am. Let's find someone who's just calling me a knob. <laughs> that will help balance things. But thank you, Tim. That's very, very kind of you. Um, thanks, Jason. Much appreciate that. Um, Tim says, when you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes into you. <laughs> Look, one of the things that I have noticed when I kind of watch back the show very rarely is that I don't like how my face sits when I look at the chat. When I'm looking at the chat, obviously, I'm not looking at the camera and I don't really like how my face sits in that moment. That's really weird, I know, to say. But I just don't like... I don't like it, yeah. Uh, Assad, I don't mind this. I'm going to be... I've got a day off this morning. Not day off, because I'm doing. I'm running the game. But I don't mind answering a few more of your questions this morning going on a little bit longer. There we go, Guna Gag. I'm a knob. I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel I can get away with that. That's not crossing the line. Um, still family-friendly terminology. Um, Assad, what are your favourite channels to watch? Um... Arsenal-wise, you know, your usual suspects. Um, Lee Judges, um, same old Arsenal. Um, obviously, the Gooners pods. So if you want to go and check out a left-field Arsenal podcast, the Gooners pods. Obviously, I listen to Ask Blog and the Arsenal Vision podcast as a staple because you have to. They're just brilliant. Andrew and Elliot and everyone who does the work with those two are excellent. Um, but non, non-YouTube channels, non sorry, non-Arsenal channels, um, I've talked about the Hoof GP before. That's a great one. If you enjoy it, it's random, relaxing stuff like that. That's funny. Um, what other channels? Uh, I used to watch like angry road rage videos. Have you ever watched those? I think it's called, um, oh, what's it called? It's a biker one. It's like they film like it's like dash cams of people on bikes going through like town and then it's like road rage situations. I find them really interesting and quite funny at times. So yeah, uh, lots of random stuff. Soviet Womble is a really good funny channel. Um, just plays games and stuff like that. I find them very funny as well. So there you go. Uh, Marcus says, have you turned down the chance to be on other YouTube channels? Yes, I have. Um, I won't go into the details as to who, but yes, I, I have uh, turned down the opportunity to go on other channels. Reason? Sometimes it's controversy. Um, sometimes it's um, sometimes I guess it's kind of the opinion or the delivery uh, of certain things that I don't really want to be associated. Um, but it's very rare. I think it's happened on two or three occasions, if that. And it was a while ago. It's not recent, but yeah, a while ago. 
I have. I just feel as though, you know, I don't really want to, you know, get into the into a world where I, I kind of criticize things. And if I can criticize things and then pop up on something I criticize, it's, you know, you know, and I think that I used to work for, I used to do some work for TalkSport with Hugh Izzy. We did the show, uh, it was Hugh's show, and he was very kind to invite me on a, as a regular guest onto TalkSport for the, the build-up to the 2018 World Cup. So it was a long time ago, you know, it was like four years ago. And sometimes I watch back the clips now of, of TalkSport and the, how provocative it can be towards Arsenal fans in particular. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that Gabby Agonlahor or, um, what's his name, the guy I used to own, Jordan something guys to own um crystal palace some of the things that are said i don't believe that genuinely those opinions are true i don't believe that to the extent that they are kind of dramatized that they are true and i think they are there to provoke a response from arsenal fans and i have been guilty of responding i used to do i used to respond when i was younger to like adrian durham show when i was younger um because adrian durham would really provoke a response from me Simon Jordan, thank you. Um, and it frustrated me so much. I was like, why? That's clearly not true. Like, you're not considering this point of view. You're not considering this context. And, you know, that's why I um, that's why I really appreciate some of the balance that has come back um, onto certain shows because it's important that you provide balance. Laura Woods, for instance. You know, Laura Woods, who on, on TalkSport, is brilliant because she takes something that said not just on TalkSport but she tackled the um the whole Richard Keys celebration thing on being sports and that's important and yes I know that in itself can draw attention but I think Laura's been fantastic there and that's why I think sometimes maybe that we get very obsessed with the the brand or the the outlet as I used to with TalkSport and maybe I'm not giving it enough credit for them bringing on say Laura to provide, you know, a balance. But there is no doubt in my mind that um, there's no doubt in my mind that the opinions of some are accentuated and exaggerated to a level that they probably don't even believe, and that's a sad place. I mean, if you're, I never, I hope that I never, ever, ever, ever get to a place where I feel the need to write or say something that I don't genuinely believe. If I've ever said that I wanted Arteta out, it's because at that time I wanted Arteta out. If I've ever said that I want to stick with Arteta, it's because at that time I wanted to stick with Arteta. I hope I never get to a place where what I say is done to draw attention, to ramp up a viewership, to do whatever. If I ever get to that place, I think I would have failed and gone against my own principles of what I believe. And I know for a fact that I've never done that. And despite what other people may say the lies that may be generated i know that if i've ever said an opinion on something it's because i believe it it's because that's the position i hold at that specific time and it can change and we've done that on the channel loads of times we've changed i've changed the position that i've been in hundreds of times but just because i held a point of view in one place at one time and now i hold a different position on it at a different time does not mean that i you know, I've lied or I've um, gone behind what I previously said. It's not going behind your back of your own opinion. It's changing your opinion. You know, I just hope that I never get into that stage where I am doing or have to do that. Um, if I write something, it's because I wanted to write it. If I 
say something, it's because I've wanted to say it. And it's for me, it's as simple as that. So I hope I never get into a a position where I have to do that. I don't think I ever feel like I would. But yeah, uh, Tyron says controversy sells. It absolutely does. Uh, it absolutely does. Um, <laughs> PJ says, Tom, you are talking as little about soccer as Tottenham is playing. Um, yeah, sometimes we go off on tangents on these shows and we go into more social stuff. I like it. I like discussing this sort of thing. I wish I could do it more regularly on kind of a separate podcast, but um, I don't get the chance. So sometimes I just spew it all to you guys and you have to listen. <laughs> so apologies for that. Uh, I will wrap up the show there. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you want you around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'll be back tomorrow morning after um, the game. I will also be doing a live show after the game over on the Arsenal way. So we'll be live over there uh, at full time. So do tune in over there. I'm also doing the live blog for football.london. So if you want to send us a video with your thoughts ahead of the game and I can put it onto Football London's match day blog, do that. Tweet it. Tweet it using the hashtag FLArsenal. If you do that, I can then include it. I know that a couple of people have messaged me saying that they are they are happy to do that. But I'd love to get more people doing that, more people posting videos, more people tweeting out their thoughts and predictions. Go and do it. Um, it really does help us out massively. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a genuine pleasure. I will see you a little bit later on this evening after the game on the Arsenal way, and I will be breaking down the game tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on this channel. So have a fantastic day. And as always up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.